This morning I'd like to share a message with you that I believe God put on my heart a few weeks ago. And I've called this message Vision Express. And it is a message firstly about the power of vision on our lives and secondly the place we are in. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy is he who keeps the law. In another version, it says this, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. And I want to put alongside that another scripture from the book of Esther, Esther chapter four, verse 14. And it says this, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Firstly, I want to clarify something for us as we begin so that I don't get us confused. Vision is a kind of nebulous term, a, a vague term that can mean many, many different things. When someone says that they have a vision, they can be talking about all kinds of experiences or insights on their lives that they have experienced over the years. Many years ago, in 1965 in fact, Walt Disney took a group of people out to a piece of land in Florida. Land that had no usefulness whatsoever. The land was marshy and muddy and no one had a good word to say about this backwater town of Orlando where the land was until Walt Disney shared his vision. A vision of what we all now know as Disneyland. And before one shovel of soil was dug, Walt Disney walked through that land with this group of people through all of the acres, and he described in detail the various structures, theme rides, the various entertainments, enjoyment, and excitement that the, the park would bring. And as Disneyland was just starting construction, the visionary leader died in 1965, uh, 66, sorry, age 65. And therefore he missed the grand opening of the greatest theme park in the world, 1971. At the dedication of the park, someone said, isn't it so sad that Walt Disney didn't live to see this? And Mike Vance, the creative director of Disney Studios replied, he did see it. That's why it's here. Vision. There are those like Walt Disney who have a vision of building a theme park. Others have visions of building a business, of, of gaining an education, of or winning the gold medal at the Olympic Games. And I love to hear their stories as they, as they move and inspire us all. But that is not the kind of vision that I want to talk to you about this morning. There are others who speak of having visions of gaining great wealth 
of finding a cure for cancer, of discovering the origins of the universe. But that is not the kind of vision that I want to share with you this morning. Maybe you have a vision of being a great artist. And I love the story of of Picasso, who was asked to paint a portrait of the young and beautiful Gertrude Steen, the American novelist, poet and playwright. People were shocked when the portrait showed her as an old woman. But it doesn't look like her, they said. Picasso responded, it will one day. There are others who have visions of playing professional football for United. Scunthorpe United. Or maybe sink that putt to win the British Open. Some have visions of taking exotic holidays in faraway places. Maybe you have a vision of being a size eight. I know I have a vision of trying to get into a a size 32 pair of pants. Fat chance. Or maybe a vision of winning the lottery if you do it. But these are not the visions that I want to talk to you about this morning. I don't want to mislead you into thinking that the next several minutes there's going to be a, a, an Oprah Winfrey, Jerry Springer or Dr. Phil type of seminar discussing and creating your vision and getting what you can out of life. There are plenty of folks who can help you with that type of thinking if that is what you are looking for in life. And for a price, you can help, they can help you plot, plan and pursue that vision. They can help you start a new business, do better things with your money, lose weight, etc. And I'm not putting those folks down. And it is just that as I have gotten older and wiser, well, maybe not the wiser, and learn more about the Lord, the more I'm convinced that what we truly need is a clear vision of another kind. The Hebrew translation for vision is divine communication. So when we are talking about godly vision, we are talking about something that would be impossible, friends, impossible for us to come up with on our own. So what the people desperately need today is not a vision that centers on themselves and their happiness. What we need this morning more than anything else is a vision of God's holiness, God's majesty, God's glory, God's righteousness, God's power, and God's grace. Vision. Abraham, he called it a word. Martin Luther King called it a dream. I have a dream. John F. Kennedy called it a challenge. The Apostle Paul, he spoke of it being his vision. This morning, I would like to call it our vision. And by vision, I don't mean a goal, an aim, a purpose or object. I'm not talking about just setting our sights on something and then going hell for leather for it. 
by vision, I'm referring to a supernatural manifestation of God in our lives. I'm talking this morning about seeing something unveiled by God in our lives. And I believe this morning with all my heart that God wants visionaries here in this church, PCF. People who see the invisible, people who hear the inaudible, people who believe the incredible, think the unthinkable and then go out there and do the impossible. People who will step out of the boat, people who will wade into the water, people who will gird up their loins and go forth into battle. That's the kind of vision that I'm talking about this morning. And I want to say to you, friends, God has called this church for such a time as this. And I want to say that we are here now for a reason. Why do we need a vision, you might ask? Friends, if we are not moving forward as a church, we're going backwards. We're stagnant, maybe even apathetic. Do you know something? He who aims at nothing hits the mark every single time. But a vision will give us hope in the face of despair. It will inspire us. It will motivate us. It will give us direction. Vision puts everything into perspective. It drives us in the good times and it sustains us in the bad times. A true vision, friends, literally consumes us. Look at Abraham. He saw a city whose builder and maker was God. So he set out from his home in Ur of the Chaldeans, which is a, a town in northern Iraq, in today's maps. And in faith and obedience, he traveled to a land he did not know, to a place he'd never been to, because he had a vision. Look at Joseph. He received a vision, was then sold into slavery. He then put into jail for something he did not do. Did he give up on God or quit the church in a huff? No. He held on to that vision that he sought. He held on and eventually in God's time, he was lifted into a position for what God had called him to be. Look at Moses. He left the ease of Egypt, choosing to suffer afflictions with the children of God. And he led an army through 40 years of wilderness wanderings. And let me tell you, friends, you need a vision if you are leading two million complaining, grumbling, stiff-necked people. And that's why it's so important to have a vision uh, when you are leading a church, any kind of church, whatever church that might be, you need that vision. Look at Apostle Paul. He despised all Christians. He sought them out to destroy them. Yet he does a 180 degree turn and begins to preach the very gospel he so hated. These men were directed by a word, a vision from God. 
They were visionaries. Can I ask you the question this morning? Are you a visionary? Are you someone this morning who has a vision for the work here at PCF? Have you maybe set a spiritual goal for your life, something to aim for? Are your eyes on something, something you can throw yourself into? Maybe a ministry, plenty of those. Youth work, helps ministry, kids ministry. Don't think about it. Seek it out. Do it. Get stuck in. Or are you someone who aims at nothing? It reminds me of a story of this pastor who had a vision from God about his church. So he took it to his leadership meeting, explained that he wanted to initiate the vision into the church. They took a vote and the pastor was outvoted by the other three leaders. One of them said, well, the vote is 3-1. You are outvoted, pastor. Let's close in prayer. The pastor, not wanting to give up on that vision, not easily anyway, he prayed that the Lord would somehow show his leadership that it was not his vision, but the Lord's vision. And at that moment, a lightning bolt came through the window. It's splitting the table in two and throwing the three leaders onto the ground, not even touching the pastor. After they got up, one of the leaders said, well, pastor, the vote is now 3-2. You still lose. I want to follow that by a quote. Helen Keller once said, the only thing worse than being blind is to be born with sight, but no vision. People without a vision rarely accomplish anything. Proverbs 29 verse 18 notes that where there is no vision, the people perish. Or as I have just read recently, where there is no vision, the people move perish. About 350 years ago, a shipload of travellers from Plymouth, England, landed on the northeast coast of America. In the first year, they established a town site. They cleared the land and started to build. In the second year, they elected a town government. In the third year, the town government planned to build a road five miles westward into the wilderness. In the fourth year, the people tried to impeach the town government because they thought it was a waste of public funds to build a road five miles westward into the wilderness. Who needed to go there anyway, is what they said. Here we see a people who had a vision to see 3,000 miles across an ocean and overcome the great hardships to cross it and to get there but in just a few years, they were not able to see five miles out of town. They had lost their pioneering vision. Don't let that happen here in this church. And with a, you see, with a clear vision of what we can become in Christ, there is no ocean of difficulty. It's, that's too great. Without a clear vision, we rarely move beyond our, our current boundaries. 
We rarely move out of our comfort zones. In our scripture reading today, from Proverbs, the word perish used in the text infers that apart from vision, the people will run wild. It means, and it is mentioned in other translations, a lack of restraint. Friends, I want to tell you this morning, today our world has gone wild. As I said in the beginning of this sermon, that God dropped this message onto my heart, this message on vision. And I want to tell you this morning that God is going to move here in this place. I want to tell you this morning that God is raising a people for such a time as this. And he's about to show himself mightily, bringing revival, bringing direction, bringing comfort, bringing life and fixing to break forth in his glory. And as I was thinking about this, my mind wandered back to the past. And some of the things that we have that have transpired in our, in our lives, certainly in my life, in church life over the last few years, not all here at the PCF, by the way, things which we, we, we can't figure out. The purgings, the exoduses, the rumours, the sceptics, and of course every church has them, the prophets of doom. And although we didn't understand it, and I don't understand some of the things, even to this day, but at the time, it was necessary to get us to where we are today, to get us to where we are right now. We didn't like it, but hey, the simple fact is this. We grow through trials and tribulations. And I want to tell you about this story of a plant called the Cecil plant. It's native to southern Mexico, and it grows in the harsh environments of semi-desert, rocky, hard, and soil-free ground. But the, what's the amazing thing about this plant is this. The plant's fibres are extremely strong and really, really hard to break. About 100 years ago, two brothers were crossing Mexico, and they came across this plant, and they had this great idea to bring the plant back with them to Florida, where it was rich and, 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 and cultivate it for growing in large numbers. You see, they wanted it to making of business or the making of ropes, mats and footwear and many other products because it was so strong. But after a couple of years of crop failures, the plant, it just didn't grow any strength in its fibres, the brothers gave up on their idea. You see, the plant only really flourished on hard, rocky, dry land. The environment gave it its toughness. And I want to tell you this morning, friends, the Christian life is just like that. We don't thrive in an easy living, comfortable, trouble-free environment. Paul tells us that in our lives we will have to live in hard, tough, 
challenging environments. But friends, the rewards are the greatest. You see, adversity is the key ingredient for toughness. We need to focus on our altar times of prayer. We need to focus on allowing God to move in our services. We need a willingness to get behind the vision, a desire to keep moving forward. We need to have a renewed feeling of integrity throughout the whole of this church and a confidence in ourselves and in each other. Do you know what, friends? You know what I'm really excited about at the moment? About our worship. The worship here at the moment is something else. Thank you, Leone and team, for all the work after the toughest 18 months ever you've come through with the worship. Did you know that to worship God is to recognise his worth and his worthiness? Worship is to look Godward and to acknowledge in all appropriate ways the value of what we see. We are made to worship God. Our very existence is so that we can come before him with songs and praises on our lips. Want to know why so many people today are miserable in their lives? They are not doing what they were designed to do. Worship God. One thing that we do in this church is worship God like he's coming back today. And I really appreciate that. And there is nothing better. There is nothing better than being here when we can worship the Lord, when we can speak in tongues, when we can dance in the spirit, when we can run down the aisles, when we can wave the flags, if you've got flags. We can feel his presence and we can feel his love. And I'll tell you what this morning, God moves in that kind of atmosphere. If we are not moving, we are, we are moving forward in the Lord. Even after the last 18 months of lockdowns and COVID. We have, God put on my heart this, we have our focus right. This is a house of prayer. This is a place of ministry. This is a temple of worship. The Lord is here and nothing can be any better than that. And I want to say to you this morning that we are not here by mere coincidence. We are not here by accident. We are not here by mere happenstance. We are not here because we have nothing better to do. We are not here because we have just wandered in from the street. We are here because God has put us here. God has ordained us to be here. God has spoken it to be so. And we are and will become a vital asset to this church of PCF. We are here for this hour and we are going to shine forth like we have never shined before. Here we are here.
for such a time as this. In finishing, someone once said that vision is foresight with insight based on hindsight. George Barner, professor of Arizona Christian University, director of the American Culture and Faith Institute and church pastor said this, vision for ministry is a reflection of what God wants to accomplish through you to build his kingdom. Joel Baker, Barker, the author says this, vision without action is merely a dream. Action without vision just passes the time, but vision with action can change the world. And finally, John Maxwell, the American author and pastor, he defines vision in a threefold manner. The ability to see awareness, the ability to believe attitudes, and the ability to do action. This morning, friends, this morning, I want this church to see beyond the surface of human potential. Because it is not what we are, but what we need, desire to become. Vision. And I'll tell you what, vision will turn the most lukewarm, lazy sleeping church into a red hot cauldron of living soldiers prepared to change and challenge this generation and the next generation and the next generation after that. Friends, our vision will give us stability, guidance. It will give us joy and it will give us lots and lots of excitement. But most of all, it will bring glory to God and fit us into his eternal purpose. So this morning, I'll finish with this. This morning, let's climb aboard with Wayne and Claire, our pastors. Let's climb aboard with their vision for PCF and get ready for the journey. Because God is moving us. God is moving this church. And you know what? We are heading north. God bless you all this morning. May the Lord bless you. Mm -hmm.